Hello, my name's Gregory Wilker. Thank you for listening to my podcast, Live with Greg. Today is November 17th, 2019, and last night I learned that my podcast had way exceeded the resources I have to keep it alive as a video podcast. So I am actively working to move it to an audio podcast. The video is still available on my website, gregorywoker.com, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Live with Greg. Thanks for your support. Here with another episode of Live with Greg, Live with Greg, whatever. I like (laughs) Cool. (laughs) And I'm here with Michael Gusek. Oh, good to meet you, Greg. Good to meet you, and thank you for your time. Oh, yeah, that's great. All right. Gosh, we kind of got into stuff before the camera. I know. I just don't stop. That's good. That'll be good. Um... Let me start. What drew me to wanting to meet you is reading that you are involved and have a passion for programming for artificial intelligence. Yeah, um, what's interesting about that is that I'm actually not a coder. Um, My main job when it comes to artificial intelligence is understanding the technology enough so that I can build proper uses for that technology. So uh, if you want to think about kind of like what I am in in the the realm of creation that I I have, that I live in, is uh, that it's more, um, I see a piece of AI, I understand how it works, I talk to the tech team and say the human experience that uh, that needs to go on top of this artificial intelligence for it to solve a problem um, is this A, B, C, D, E, F, G here's how the human has to react Here, here's how a human being would interact with an AI if you're solving this problem A, B, C, D, E, F and the technologist says yeah that's something we can do or says no it's not it's something that's currently available we need to build it or they say that's just you know, not not feasible. But you know, over the years, what I've done is I've you know I've I've kind of I've honed the uh, as a you know I, I started as a as an HR person, uh, you know, an HR systems administrator, and I built little apps for people there, and I and and that's kind of like where I learned the human experience side of things because HR people, I was one technologist amidst an, amidst an army of people who were very soft skill oriented people. So they needed very easy interfaces to to work with data. Um, But then after that, I I got better and better at that piece of it, and I started doing project management. So I would manage the people who are actually doing that, uh, doing the programming work, because I understood programming databases, logic, and all the things that go into systems enough to be dangerous. Technologists like coders who just meet me, and when I'm talking to them about technology, they have no idea I'm not a coder. It's just like it's it's really surprising to them that that I don't that I don't really write code. I write SQL, which is kind of code, but it's not because you just you're just basically 
asking the system for certain things in a row. But that's what coding is. Eh, yeah, I get. I guess you, you, you could say that, but but in that case, so would be Excel macros. You know, when you're saying equals, uh, it is. You know, absolutely equals one plus one. That that's coding, but it's it's like a. I, I never went full on coder. You know, I never went peak coding like some people do because I feel that the the uh, the building of the product itself there's an artistry to that and there is a science to that and I've always strived for in my life strive for the balance between two things um, may it be the balance between technology and art or may it be the balance between yin and yang my entire life I've always been trying to find this zero point where I'm able to specifically look at reality and say, you know, in this case, we really need to use technology to solve this problem or logic or something like something along that line um, and be able to use the right tool for the job in that case. Or I turn and I look to the other side and I say, you know what, this is not a problem that uh, that that technology in in its current state, its logical state, is going to solve. So I'm going to use that tool instead. So it's kind of like you know both both around the edges of the two, um, around the borders where the two meet is where we've been for a very long time. We've been trying to use these logical models to solve human models or solve biology problems, and it only takes you too far before things start to fall apart. Same thing with the with the biology side of things, or the or the more com the complexity science kinds of things. If you try and move too far into the logic side of things and try and explain it and by taking it apart, things start to get fuzzy around those edges as well. And then you move to the very extremes of those, and that's the people who believe that models are the foundation of the universe and that math is the foundation of the universe. And you look on this side, and you got the Gaiaists, you got the people who are. They just believe that you know science is, is BS and everything is everything is, is their worldview is just on the the complete other extreme. Um, I'm always sitting there right in the middle and say, well, what is the gauge here? What is the gauge between? Or maybe it's both. Maybe it's an artistic presentation with a scientific background, and that is exactly what I'm talking about when we're talking about how I work with artificial intelligence. It's like I try and I, I call in the experts. I get I know it I know it to a point where I'm dangerous. You know I'm an A student in it, um, in being able to talk about it. But when it comes down to, you know, well, what is the what is the deep order of operations I need to be instructing the computer to do? That just that just tires me out. Yeah, that, that's just not it's not interesting to me. <laughs> All right, so let me add the the article the first article I read yes. had a picture of you. And there's a whiteboard, and you've yes. got a pen, and yes. there's all these look like now when it comes to math, I'm a strictly person, but it looked like algorithms, yeah. and and you're saying that's yeah. not really what you do? like. Like I said, I know enough to be dangerous. Okay, I, I know I I need to understand the tools enough. Like if you look at what we were doing, they weren't really algorithms; they were diagrams. There are this is what happens first, this is what happens next, and this is what happens next. So it's uh, really what I'm doing is that when I'm looking at something like that, if it's a technology that already exists, I break it into the pieces, the commands that, that the system is doing, and the technologist is actually the one who can take that box, or the programmer is the one who can take that box and say, I know exactly what I have to write in Java to be able to make that box happen. Right. 
that's and it could be two million lines of codes. I don't have the time or patience to write those two million lines of codes. I just know that the instructions to the computer need to be this. Okay. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Um, here's what I'm fascinated by with this concept of artificial intelligence. Okay. Is um, the logical side of me says, okay, first f to create artificial intelligence, um, one needs to define what one is creating. So what is intelligence? And as I thought about that, I thought, well, perhaps putting the word artificial in there is just negating the concept right from the get-go. Well, the, the first part of what you said there is actually really funny. I'm smiling about that because, you know, there's tons of meetups out there that talk about artificial intelligence. I was... I used to work with one. I used to go to one constantly. Um, there are tons of classrooms out there that, that have these chats about artificial intelligence and so on and so on and so forth. Every single one of them, after there has been a long enough conversation, leads itself back to defining what intelligence is. I am not going to try and bore you with, with that, <laughs> I don't, I don't what, what, I, what I believe it to be. Um, I've been instructed in many, many different ways of, of looking at what intelligence is. Uh, and um, let me ask you this. Do you see the conundrum with coupling artificial to the term intelligence? Yeah. Is there a conundrum? In the long run, no. Um, getting back to you know we were talking about how before the camera is on how we were getting into stuff um, my my worldview has collapsed into um, looking at things not as binary as artificial or not um, I think that anything that a human does or anything that this world can generate um, from an idea object whatever perspective it's all natural well there's no squares in nature there's one right there on my window that's in nature, right? right? So it's like I don't, I, I don't draw the binary, uh, the binary different differentiator between artificial and not. I see the aspects of definition as one of the sides that I was talking about before. Like defining something is trying to pull an object out of reality. I'm going to pull this object. I'm going to completely separate it from reality, and I'm going to name that cup and. Therefore, cup, logic. But, you know, in my day-to-day, -day, it's like this cup is cold. It's, you know, it's, it, it, it's not really separated from, from the reality that we're in. So this cup's existence is as natural as anything else that we see around us. So I don't know if I'm kind of like completely uh, not, answering, not answering your question. Um, or avoiding answering your question, uh, but I'm really not. No, I'm just saying that your 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 question is um, your your question is, is is based in a in an idea set that I don't really uh, you know I see humanity moving past. I get and it. And we're getting ready to move past it right now. I get it. Yeah. And um, that movement is scaring a whole hell of a lot of people yeah. right now. Yeah. Really, really. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah. So let me. So go ahead. God, there's so there's all right. But with what you just said, um, do you think when looking at known human history, the concept of profound change seems to be intrinsically natural in human existence? In all existence. So is this really a, ta- a time of profound change or is it possible that you have moved to a place personally of profound change and seeing profound change? And so that's the reality you're living. If there is one thing that is true for this universe that I believe to be true, it is that change is constant. And the, uh, the measurement of that change or the um, magnitude of that change is only really contained by the bigness of the reality entity that's experiencing it. So like when we were talking about before, you know, my, uh, the conversation we're having right now, our ideas are, you know, kind of evolving into some other idea. It might be changing the way you think about the world. Things that you're asking me might be changing the things I think about the world. But when you start adding more and more and more and more people to that conversation, um, the magnitude of the biological entity that's associated with, with, with the action of having that conversation uh, becomes a cultural meme. It becomes something very, very big. And when a cultural meme is about to collapse, as I do believe it, it is, is happening right now, um, just because we know more and the people who used to think they knew the way the world worked, or the cultural meme that used to run the world is now collapsing. And it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And that biological entity, all the craziness that we're seeing in the world right now, and all the, 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 uh, the broadcasting of pain and the broadcasting of hate, all of that, that's just this bubble trying to push back and survive. And um, over time, the, what, what changed to me would be is that thing popping and this other way of thinking about the world taking over. Did I answer your question? You did. A couple of things come to mind. One would be a clearer, a more layman definition of a cultural meme. Um, okay, so... Let me see. Your brain cells talk to each other. They have communication. You know, they don't talk to each other the way you and I talk to each other. They have their own kind of way of talking to each other. Um, and when enough of those start having a conversation, out the top of your head pops this thing called consciousness or this thing called uh, thinking or feeling or whatever it is, um, which allows us on this level to have the conversation that we're having right now. 
So you have internal memes or connections between information or information nodes in your brain that cause this stuff that cause this conversation to be able to happen. A cultural meme is the mass. We're the brain cells. You're a singular brain cell, and I'm a brain cell, and we're having a conversation. This other kind of thing is popping up over us about how a large amount of people think about something. So does it mean a collection of two or more biological entities that are creating a larger consciousness? Yes and no. <laughs> and the no part? Yeah. Would well, be... the yes-no would be the last part. It's like the, these are, um, it's, it's evolution in motion. It's, you know, it's, it's evolution is stacking stuff on top of itself and the complexity just keeps on moving through the entire system. Um, but the, the biological entities, like you and I, the, uh, the strength of the conversation that we're having right now probably isn't going to influence much. But the video that you're putting out online, if more and more people were open and sensitive enough to be able to change the way that they think about the world, it could have a huge impact about how they, they view reality. So you're amplifying a small conversation right now. So we are two entities having a, having a conversation. Doesn't necessarily have a big impact locally, but adding in a piece of technology like a broadcaster or, or, a, or a podcast is amplifying the message in a way that allows it to reach many, many, many different people. Um, are you familiar? I forget his full name. Kuhn, who wrote the science book, and it, fundamentally his premise was that instead of a hypothesis coming and um, then the truth being discovered and proven, he was saying that people are creating truths and then their efforts prove that truth. And part of what he was showing is how these truths were happening in different parts of the world that didn't seem to be connected. Mm -hmm. What I drew from his book, and I with Thomas Kuhn, I think, I forget, anyway, what I took away from that is the element of consciousness being connected. Mm -hmm. So what you're thinking right now is an influence in overall consciousness? Uh, yes, it is. Um, but uh, the, the only thing I would add to that is um, think of a good way to think about consciousness is you got a tuning fork, right? And on its own, the tuning fork is uh, when it's when it's not moving, there's nothing emerging off of it. As soon as you strike that, sound waves come out. And, you know, and the sound waves are, are are an emergent property of vibrating metal. But that tuning fork, because of the environment putting pressure on that tuning force fork it brings it to a stop again. So the influence of the sound of that doesn't go as far as um, 
it would if it was amplified with some piece of technology or amplified with uh, a tuning fork big enough so that a lot of people can hear it. Okay, so let me go back then when you were talking about the brain and the memes of the cells of the brain. Um, in that example, the brain is the tuning fork. Yes. Okay. So we're talking about finite elements that I believe we're both in agreement are going to dissolve. Yes. Are we in agreement that our consciousness is going to continue past the existence of these finite elements? <clears throat> How big is your tuning fork? Well, if we're going back to what I just said, and we were in agreement that my, you know, the tuning fork is the brain, the biological brain, then it's as big as the cranium. You know, it's it's it's, it's a finite. It can be measured. It's finite. My belief is the consciousness I'm aware of is infinite. Am I allowed to say I don't know? Absolutely. No, no, no. <laughs> well, what, what I meant by how big is your tuning fork is, let me, let me give you an example. Uh, the consciousness of the, the consciousness of George Washington has was big enough, or the message and meme that was associated with uh, with George Washington was big enough so that even to this day he survives um, in a way uh, you, you, you exist in the hearts and minds of, of the people the pattern that is you exists in the hearts and minds of those who come after you if your tuning fork is big enough um, uh, that's what gravestones are for hmm you know, it's a it's it's meant to as a reminder to keep you immortal in the physical incarnation that you had before. Uh, now, I, that's a hypothesis because I can't really see that high up the stack to know if it's true. But based on biology and evolution, and what I understand about biology and evolution. It's a pretty good hypothesis. Uh, now, immortal consciousness, well, big hypothesis here. <laughs> don't hold People me at home, it. don't hold me to this. <laughs> really. Sometimes when I'm in my more weird moments and I'm thinking about well, what's way up there on the stack, uh, sometimes I think that these that, that these ultra consciousnesses that we are generating, these higher complex organisms that keep on going up and up in the stack, um, and seeing that we live in, a, in an evolutionary and biologic biological universe, that sometimes these other super consciousnesses are rubbing against each other and they're trading ideas in a way that we would never understand. Um, we are the root and the. Uh, we are the root and the foundation for a very special complex consciousness to arrive in this universe, um, which is the reason, which is the reason why I feel that 
people who are deathists or they are, you know, uh, they don't care about the environment or they don't care about the world. Uh, they don't care about their fellow man. If this species dies, the species, this very special species that can very, generate a very, very special, unique view in this universe dies at the base level, that consciousness no longer has that universal conversation with the rest of the universe. Um, you can move up the stack. That's that's the thing. Right. So here's what happens for me when I hear you say that is I can feel within myself an element of insecurity arise. Really? And to the degree of a threat. Like so the death of the root, as you say, would kill off the higher consciousness. Yes. However, if we come, if thinking in the infinite, this is part of what I do in my process of life, is think infinite. I've, I've decided creation in life is infinite. Mm -hmm. So approach everything from that perspective. And in the infinite, there is no beginning or end. This is true. So, I, I believe that to be true. So you can't threaten anything. Because a threat means it's ending. And absolutely, as I sit here with you, I would absolutely agree that the, in this physical plane, I see beginnings and ends. But the ethereal nature... Now you, want to, now you want to pull this card up. <laughs> <laughs> well... All right. But, okay, Since but we're even, going down this road. Right, right. But I think even scientifically, like that's fundamentally, I believe, all people of consciousness, regardless... Let me put it this way. From a personal perspective, if I'm with someone who we can't come to a place of agreement that infinity exists, I don't really feel I should engage in, in that, with that person. because That would be unusual. Right. That's just like, wow, if we can't agree that infinity exists, because, you know, um, one-third, to me, is proof mathematically infinity exists. And if, and, if, and if I'm with an individual who's like, no, I don't see that. Like, well, okay, yeah, good luck. All right, so infinity exists and, and, and to approach everything in that manner. To a degree, like I know, and I, um, as I'm sure you're well aware, but let me just state it. If at any point I bring something up, you're like, you know, that, I'm just not going to talk about that. If for whatever reason, feel free to do so. I, I understand. No, I know we're having fun. Right, right. Rainy, okay. rainy Sunday. Why not? Right, but um, with your work, you know, you said earlier. In fact, off camera, part of what you're doing is finding the bad guys. So that comes from a place of an agreement, like what those people are doing is bad. Well, we want to find them and stop them. We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. Now, in their shoes, of course, they're thinking the exact opposite. I base my, well, I mean, good, bad, whatever to me. I understand that someone's story is very, very hard 
and people have very very hard stories I'm not a I'm not a, a dualist when it comes to that kind of stuff I understand that some people are uh, put in circumstances that are way beyond their control and this may be their absolute last resort um, but generally the people who I consider I wouldn't say my enemy but I would consider um, on the wrong path anyone who has a laptop or a phone or the ability to do these advanced computer trickery types of things they probably don't need to be doing them because they are skilled in a way that it would allow them to contribute to the great construction that we're in right here in a much, in a much better way and if I need to put a physical wall up that says no you were doing bad you know you were behaving badly you were not you're not behaving in a way that is going to guide evolution towards its highest state i'm not trying to punish them i'm trying to reveal the 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 uh the bad behaviors that might i mean you know i talk about the great construction and it's like Yes, even what they're doing feeds the construction in a way. Um, but I would my side um, are generally people who want to grow the construction, while I see the people who are using these nefarious means as people who want to cut it down. And um, they're needed. That kind of behavior is needed. I understand it, that it is needed. But I would rather stand on the boundary the balance point of that and be one of the people that keeps it in balance that says you're pushing on me I'm pushing on you as long as we as long as things are in balance the construction will continue to grow alright so we can talk about these elements as energies like I have an energy and either my energy is nurturing growth mm-hmm. or it's tearing growth down yes. see so um, the physical outcomes we can see are uh, an energy where I think I've got to bomb this village and now there's a six-year-old child who's bloody and missing an arm. Tell me about it. Right. So my energy created an action that I was compelled to take. I thought I was right taking it. The outcome, one of the outcomes is that child. I can also have an energy that goes into that village and helps feed that village, helps grow plants, helps rebuild buildings. And now that six-year-old child is going to school and grows up to be a happy adult and on and on and on. So, (laughs) talking about evolution and how you have energies that are pushing against the walls that are compelling an evolutionary process upward, one could say these are negative energies. Like this positive energy of output, if it wasn't guided, it could just spread out. Well, in a way it does. I mean, that's, that's what you were talking about before, is about this infinity yeah, side of things. Yeah, it's like, yeah. see that tree? Yeah. There's a species of tree of that tree right next door to it. The leaves look identical, but those are two different worlds. And um, I, I, I prescribe to this... Uh, this thought of as above, so below. And um, 
I think that one of the parts of this whole this whole revolution that's happening right now that I was talking about before this big change is the fact that I think the physicists have gotten all the way to the bottom <laughs> and they're like trying to figure out like in using their old ways of thinking about the problem um, to figure out how it works where I got to the bottom and I looked at quantum physics and I'm like I don't care how it works anymore I want to use I want to use the 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 my understanding of evolution from the bottom all the way to the top I want to say that two atoms when they stick together that's because the environment around them sticks them together and the system in itself we are in this huge learning system and it goes off and it does go off in every direction but the thing is is that once these two atoms stick together there is a specific environment that has been created around them and when those atoms start to stick together the environment gets bigger and bigger and that environment shows what works within that environment so there's a there's a there's a paradox in what we're talking about when you get to this this level of the stack that we're in right now same thing happens it's it's uh it's this this conversation that we're having or the environment pushing on us right now this ma- makes this table not fly into millions of pieces it it makes this it makes this camera work it may because as as physicists who concentrate on this side of things we find the most efficient path through that we find we find efficiencies in in matter that are efficiencies using models that allow us to build tables and then this whole thing called design comes in where we're able to take this and copy and paste it pretty much because it's a, it's a design that worked in the past over and over and over and over and over, and over again we're going to mass produce this table because it works right. from aesthetic from right. some way and every science that we deal with right now is under that constraint and economics is under that constraint right now economic you hear all these people talking about we need to reimagine capitalism well, what capitalism is right now in its, in its current form is an evolutionary model. It is an evolutionary model. However, it is an evolutionary model that doesn't take into consideration that there is another evolutionary model that is going to try and manipulate the core evolutionary model to make the environment more suitable for what they want. Not what they need, what they want. All right. All right, I think I went in like 50 no, million no, different directions this, there. This is brilliant. <laughs> so if we take what you and I, like, let's bring it back to artificial intelligence. Can this be coded? Yes. Yeah, it's learning. It's not... Here's what, here's what drives me crazy, though. From, from my understanding coding is linear and even if you put variables in the variables are a linear program and from what I understand of intelligence there's an element of the infinite and it's yes okay how can you program that how can you program because you're not coding the thoughts you're not instructing the thoughts. What you're instructing, basically, is evolution. When we're when a lot of these new algorithms, these new learning algorithms that are coming out, they're based in things called genetic algorithms. They're based in things called uh, evolutionary algorithms. 
and they are specifically made to generate fit for the environment. So when you take one of these artificial intelligences that are that's fit to, uh, you know, take a glom of, of, of textual information in, that becomes their environment. That becomes, they, they need, in order for that, for that system, based on the principles of evolution and based on the principles of, of, uh, of all these new, all these, no, not new, we just have been able to do them now because our computers are strong enough. Um, based on all of these, these algorithms, it's like, okay, well, in my mind, my computer mind, I have evolved this tree structure, just like our connections in our head, that when I see cat, it's going to light up something. Cat does not exist in that system. You know, the program, the artificial intelligence up to this point, all the three laws of BS mm -hmm. and all that, mm -hmm. is based on a notion that you can actually tell a computer what to do. That you can, that you can command and control it. And that's that old school kind of thinking that I say that's that's dying. Um, you can't. There are aspects of that. Do you mind? No, go ahead. Are you saying that right now, as you and I sit, technology is at a point where you have experienced you cannot truly tell a computer what to do? Well, you can. Uh, there are tons of books out there. Um, a, a friend of mine, uh, John Smart. He, he actually, I think he just he just put out a book. Um, it was a long time coming. I remember talking to him when I first met him. Um, but now he gets it. He was always an evolutionary thinker. Um, but now he has put evolution squarely where it belongs in the stack of technology. He wrote, I think, uh, he wrote a great book around what are all of the biologically based control mechanisms that are out there that you don't tell the system what to do. But... You uh, you can influence the system to behave, and um, a good example of that in our world is the police. A good example of that in our world are laws. A good example of that of that in our world is education. Do you think weather is a good example of that in our world, in the sense that it is a system, we have influenced it, but we certainly aren't controlling it. Well, that, that is the, that's the case of environment pressing back on humanity and us, like I said before, us trying to uh, manipulate the way that we think the world should be and the world's pushing back. So weather, yes, weather will control human behavior in probably not the nicest of ways um, because that environment, um, if we manipulate the environment to a place where we think it's the right thing, but in reality that that environment is inhospitable to life on this planet, it'll squish us down into the dirt. All right, so going back to my original question of influencing computers, it sounded like you're saying that computer technology is today at a point of self-intelligence. No, but we know how to get there. We really do? Yes. And we haven't yet because... Uh, because the, the people who have been in control of the market of artificial intelligence, they've spent their entire life thinking that the logical side's going to work. So they have a lot of money and a lot of control over what's going on right now. 
um, uh, another friend of mine used to say that if, if artificial intelligence started out of the psychology lab, we wouldn't be where we are right now. Instead, they built it out of physics. Physics is just a bunch of models. So all these people um, have, in large, large amounts of people, have staked their entire career on a certain belief that their method of exploring the universe is going to create an emergent intelligence. It's not true. So recently, uh, very recently, was the first artificial intelligence award was given out. And we've known about this stuff since like 1950. But these methods have always been shucked off as woo-woo because you couldn't take them apart and figure out how they worked because the, the, the algorithm is designed to construct an irreducible, complex tree structure that, <coughs> excuse me, that doesn't say cat inside of it. Well, where are the cats in your system? Well, where are the cats in here? Yeah, so it's, it's, been a, it's, it's been a long time coming, but the people who have always believed that the world isn't exactly as everyone's been telling it as, as it has been. And I know that this system does really interesting things, and I don't know why. This goes back to the I don't care how it works kind of side of thing. There's a Zen aspect of, ta of taking these methods that these guys who are so obsessed and not understanding, how, knowing how things work, why does it do that? Or how does it do that? The how and the what is very important to that side. Or this side is the, is the why and the it's just doing something. You know, why, why do we need to? Why do we need to dig in and understand the why why uh, why thought emerges from a complex structure? And all these people who talk about the internet waking up one day, if there's enough connections between them, the internet's built on switches. It's very mm -hmm. binary. Right, right. It's like that's a that's a that's a bad analogy. Will the internet wake up one day? Yes, and I hope to hell that when the internet does wake up, that it doesn't learn from the shit that's on there right now. Excuse my language. I've, I've seen experiments already where people are using these deep learning algorithms and they go out and it, it reads social media and the thing comes back in the most racist, like, evil, mean ah. chatbot that you'll ever invent. And it's like, you know, we, we shouldn't be fearing AI. We should be fearing ourselves because right. we are going to destroy... AI, the AI we create is going to be a reflection of the way that we think about the world. So we better start working on this this very very soon because if we keep going down that path there are AIs will destroy us but they'll, they'll destroy us because they've learned from us excuse me <laughs> so you're saying the scenario of the Terminator potentially is real because we created the Terminator yeah we created the, you know what's the other one with Keanu Reeves um, the Matrix Matrix yeah. right 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 Okay, but let me ask you this, because with all that chaos, there's also all the positivity. And, you know, talking about cats, cute kittens, people, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of positivity on the Internet. Are you saying that these AIs are going out and coming back with the negative? And if they are, why? I really... 
because the people of good heart and the people of the level of sensitivity and intelligence uh, I don't know this for a fact but I'm going to say it anyways maybe it's just myself um, I don't really do social media that much anymore because the messages that come out on social media are destructive. So I find that all of the people, like my Sarah, she doesn't even go on the internet because, but that's the that's the kind of AI we want. You know, we want a we want an AI that that concentrates on growth and, and development and human partnership and love and. So the people who are like that just don't want to hear that bullshit anymore. And they leave the conversation, and that's all that's left are the nuts, are the people who scream and yell. And, uh, and, and they go off on their own, they grow their own reality on the internet that they think is true. And while the cat people go and grow their own reality that they think is true, those cat people are a very large amount of society, and these bad people are a very large part of society but these guys because they're all in their own little world right now are never going to go read the paper by uh, by um, or the book by you know John Hagel because hey uh, you know I never even knew that existed and that's not a cat or that's not you know I, I hate black people you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the, the, there's this echo chamber kind of effect and it, but it goes back to the whole evolution of things those ideas want to survive and they're going to go create their own cell where they can self-perpetuate did I yeah no no this is what where this leads me boy there's so much going on here. I find that the Palestinian um, Israeli situation is a great system with some Boundaries where we can cognitively look at it and think: How can peace, how can coexistence, be present right there? Because um, I see with both of them logic that is sustaining the actions of each. There isn't a black and white like I'm the good guy, I'm the bad guy. It's not. I see the logic of each of them believing what and who they are mm -hmm. and what they're doing. So it seems to me that an element of evolution, us as humans, artificial intelligence, all this stuff is sitting at the table with someone that I believe is fundamentally against me. You know, like the devil himself, the, the supreme of evil and going, how are we going to do this? How are we going to work it out? In fact, I... You're not calling me the devil. No, 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 no. But that's a, <laughs> that is a premise that I play with for myself. Yeah. Um, with my spiritual thoughts, like God and the devil. There's the two extremes of a thought process, let's say. One in support of death, one in support of life. Just for semantics and communication. How did those two come to the table? And like you're talking about, a thought bubble wants to exist. The devil wants to exist. The devil doesn't want to disappear from existence. 
And if God is the creator of all, God created the devil. In fact, if we go to the story, you know, like in a James Campbell sort of manner of stories being a way to communicate and talk, um, the devil was most loved by God and became the devil when the devil said, well, you know what, that's not enough. I want to be God. And, and God said, well, that's not available to you. And down he went. So yeah, how can the how can two energies that even magnetically, when you take two magnets and you try to put them together, you know, and they just the energy is pushing apart. How do you bring those energies to a peaceful coexistence? If the environment isn't right for the for the fit, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen, and. Um, the the level of complexity that we're dealing with with some of these situations is beyond human understanding. Um, uh, I, I don't generally think we can only we can only pick pick at it. Um, I generally don't think about uh, politics as much as I think about or, or situations in politics as I think about trends. So the trending that I'm seeing. Um, in a Palestine slash uh, Israel kind of situation, um, doesn't look good. You know, doesn't look good because there are competing conversations going on that are both trying to scream for uh, scream for prevalence and win. And what they're not doing is screaming about the same stuff. Uh, so I, I believe that the beginning of any kind of environment from a thought bubble perspective has to start with the commonalities. You have to throw that emotion away. Um, you know, I, I've got people on, I've got, I do go and lurk on Facebook. I don't participate as much as I used to, but I'll go and I'll look. I got friends who are Trump supporters. I got friends who are Clinton supporters. I got friends who are uh, the libertarian dude there, Gary, whatever his face is. I got Jill Stein friends. They're all screaming about their causes and they're all screaming about their stuff. And I'm just looking across all of them and I'm like, well, the, the one thing that seems to be tying you all together is your fear and your pain about what's happening to you right now. And nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about that. But that's the, you know, that's the foundational environment. Um, that nobody's talking about because for a few reasons. One, because if you talk about psychology with people, even today, uh, there's a stigma about you being sick and there's a stigma about you being, there's something wrong with you and you're weak. You know, that's bullshit to me. <laughs> that is such bullshit to me. It really is. It's like this, that, that foundation, that emotional connection, the foundation that people can have together with each other isn't, really based in what you say because what you say separates you but what you feel and the way you act binds you together because that's where the human binding happens is at the is at the heart level do you think feeling can be programmed into ai oh that's a big subject <laughs> not like humans um, I, I think uh, this this might sound really scary but it's really not when you when you kind of expand your thinking about it 
um, a purely thought-based organism is going to want to continue to learn, just like we do. You know, motivation is based in the learning drive. And if I need to learn from you, I'm an AI, you know, that's all I know is pure thought. That's all I know is pure understanding of, of knowledge. If I want to interact with you at a very, very deep level, I have to learn emotions. I have to go and study human emotions. And if I need to display an emotion to you to be able to communicate what I need to do or, or to get my point across, I'm going to learn how to do that as an AI. And the it might not necessarily be like us. It's a foundational thing. For them, it might be an after kind of thing. For them, it might be kind of like, okay, when I see a human is smiling, that means things are going well, so I should continue down that road. Um, I'm getting a positive outcome from, I'm getting a positive outcome from having this conversation with this person and they're smiling. And all this is happening at their mental subconscious level. It's not happening at the observation level. The systems are going to learn to do this. Um, but it doesn't, it, it sounds like manipulation. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like it's the, the computer's trying to take advantage of us by manipulating our emotions and all that kind of stuff. It's not true. It's the system trying to achieve its evolutionary objective by trying to make it fit inside the system that it's been given. I, you just brought up a great point. Evolution exists because of an objective that is not yet attained. True? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, that's all I know is that the, the, the aspect of evolution is the closest thing to the beyond math. Math emerged from our heads. I'm sure other people have invented math too. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty basic that there's one cup here. You know, any intelligence system is going to figure that out. You know, um, <laughs> there's enough people who probably argue. Yeah, it. I mean, even God even across the universe, something an intelligence system is going to emerge that knows how to reduce something down to one, and that's going to start the the their learning in that direction. That there's two things, infinite things, blah 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 blah. blah. Um, But I think I lost my train Evolution of exists because of a goal that isn't yet achieved. I see evolution as a system that is doesn't worry about achievement. It doesn't worry about it doesn't think. It's it is a master algorithm that is just trying to create. You want to get biblical? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. You want to do this? <laughs> Let's do this. <clears throat> I'm very studied in this stuff. Uh, one of the biggest when I when I made the you know I, I was a very a very close minded model based person up until about the age of 29, 28 years old, and then it all broke apart for me. Uh, I you know I I was very angry. I thought this information was being hidden from me because it's not taught in school. You know, everything's taught in a very safe, modeled manner. Because yeah. this other stuff is freaking scary. Or in church, this isn't taught. Yeah. Evolution's evil. Well, no, really, it's not. You just want to keep your story alive. Um, but um, 
when you read in the Bible that, you know, or, you know, the Roman, the Roman Catholic or Christian Bible, it always says that creation stopped after seven days. That, to me, the first chapter of the, of the book is a lie to keep things under control because creation never stopped. It is infinitely going on in all times, all directions. It is just when, when, when the Bible said, when the Bible said that man was created in God's image, you think that God was shaped like this? We're talking about the creative force. Talking about the force that just rolls through this universe and creates stuff, makes stuff to build the great construction that we're in right now. So that's the biblical side. That's the way I see the Bible. I see the Bible as um, whispers of the truth that you need to go and explore. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And part of what I think is the, the limitations of our knowledge is where it creates elements where we misunderstand what's in the Bible or the Bhagavad Gita or any other yeah. spiritual. Yeah, Bible. some people want a very simple world. Right. Some people want a very, the, the world stopped because that's not scary for them and they can go on with their life without having to absorb the fact that what we are is a child species that is terrified that it became self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> We are terrified. We are looking at ourselves in horror. We are ourselves looking at the universe, and it is a freaking scary thing. And if that means I don't have to do that, I will fight tooth and nail to not have to do that. I will kill the people who do think that way so that I don't have to step into that worldview. This is, this is the thing, okay? I, I don't want to give away my politics or anything. Like ah. I, I, lean, I do lean a certain way with my political thinking, but I am leaning on the, on the forces out there like the military that protect me because I would not be alive right now because the people, the simpler people who would rather raise their fist or a rock first or a gun or a rocket or something first would kill off the way that I think. And it would stop the generation of this kind of thinking in the universe so quickly if they could because that is the way I think is not safe. Wow. For them. So, right. So that, and I don't care. They can think that. The, the thing is, when you get to, when you get to the, this kind of thinking, too, is it's like, I don't care what you think. I understand. And I, I, you know, it's like I used to be that way. And not to say I'm some evolved creature, because God knows I'm not. You know, I, I'm like, I make the same. I make very, very dumb mistakes in my life. I still do. I say the wrong things. I act the wrong way. Uh, it's not a fit for the environment that I'm in. That's what I consider wrong. Right, right. You know, and um, I do it constantly. Sarah will tell you. <laughs> you but she's got a very high level of patience for the fact that I'm a learning individual too. And um, I just don't like when people would rather raise a rock or raise a rocket or raise their fist. Um, yeah. Over over things that are just really they're they're not threatening. You. There's a, there's a transition you need to go through, and that is scary to really grasp the stuff. If you're living in that world, oof, the the world of separation and and reduction, where everything is this little box. We're driving around in our little boxes out there. We're in our little house boxes. We're 
<laughs> extremely individualized. We are the rugged individual fighting against the man, whoever the man is, you know. In this case, it's whoever I tell you the man is. Now, I can't, I, I used to think that way. I can't anymore. But I can understand that, that psychology in a way. And I, and I feel for that psychology. And I can't exist without that psychology. So isn't the company that you've co-founded... You're talking about Sensei, right? Correct. And now it's... Um, Sovereign Intelligence. Sovereign Intelligence. Yeah. From my understanding, its primary revenue stream is generated from the interaction of the intelligence, political intelligence world. No, I mean, uh, Sensei, what Sensei was doing is we were, we were, you know, at its core, what Sensei was doing is uh, taking large unstructured data streams and making sense out of them. And when you can make sense out of something, then you can balance it against reality to see if it's true or it's a lie. And, um, you know, don't think that. I wouldn't, I, it, would be, it would be dangerous to think that just because someone's talking about crazy stuff on the internet, that they're actually a crazy person or they're going to do something bad. Um, or just because, the, just because there is a representation of them on the internet, it takes investigation to figure out if something is wrong or not. And that's what Sensei does. It goes into information sets and just does investigations in a way that has not you, you weren't able to do before. And um, it, right now, where Sensei is right now, is there's a, there's a I, when, I, when, when we created Sensei, I made sure in the beginning, I raised my hand and I said, whatever tool we build has to be a partner with man, has to be a partner with mankind. There needs to be interaction. We're always programming each other. The AI is telling us it's, it's methods of the truth. We are telling the AI it's messages, methods of the truth. And where those two things rub together, something's probably going to be true. Do you think that there is ever going to be a moment where a programmed, human-created system wakes up? Without a doubt. Does the humanity who created that have a responsibility in the results of that creation? They have a responsibility to be better themselves. That's their only responsibility. The I mean, there's a responsibility of of uh, you know when you have a system like this. Like I said before, it's about learning. So if you're feeding it Mein Kampf, or you're feeding it all of this garbage that you should hate, that you should do all of these things, of course it's going to come out in a way that might be detrimental to to the continuance of human the human condition. But if you Teach it things, ethics. You know, understanding understanding that humans have an idea of right and wrong, and that they generally, even if their point of view is weird, that they really the the, the foundation of ninety percent of the population really is based on the fact that they think they're doing the right thing. You know, so their but their methods might be wrong, or their methods might be wrong thing. If you're teaching your AI the foundations of human nature and the foundations of of um, of the the fragility of, of reality, you're going to probably get something that's a little more enlightened and isn't going to go out and murder humans, 
kill all humans or whatever, you know. But uh, what I mean by working on themselves, working on yourself first, is the fact that if we are scared, if we move into this as a as a scared society, if we move into this as a hateful society, if we move into this with all of our bad behaviors intact, we're going to get a bad AI. We're the AI is not going to destroy us. We should really fear ourselves. Look at our nukes. Now look at the technology we have right now. Any piece of technology can be used in, in for good, right, or for evil. And it is the person who's at the helm of that technology who is in control of if that's going to go one way or the other. So if your heart is broken in some way and you look around yourself and you feel alone and you're not the kind of person who's going to off themselves, then you are going to get yourself in a situation where you're sending dick pics to girls on the internet. You know, it's like, you know, it, it's it's the 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 the. the do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, I find that fascinating because I'm just, can you know, who knows how long it'll be, but um, my marriage broke up this year. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Sorry to be a part of that. <laughs> it can be rough. <laughs> it can be rough, but. He, what you're saying with that reaching out like I had that energy alive in me of wanting to send a dick pic out on the internet you know and and it came from sort of this fundamental place of looking for nurture physically reaching out from a place of injury and fear and darkness for nur- nurturing nur- you know, because mm-hmm. I'm not sending it out to hurt anyone. I'm kind of saying, not that I did, you understand? And I want to make that clear. I didn't do it. And this guy who <laughs> invited my house. But I see it. Lose the others. internet connections. I see it with, you know, with everyone, with people, like you say, who are in a place of brokenheartedness for whatever reason. Yes. Reaching out to say, look at me. I'm physically attractive. I'm physically good. Yes. Well, I mean, there's many, there's many, many sides of that. Forms, I mean, right, yeah, some right. some people do it because they think that women are going to like it, and that's living in a broken-hearted place of I'm going to force myself into your world and think what I want, you want. You know, there's now, a, here's <laughs> the thing I wonder about, though. Instead of asking, but, so to going back to social God, we were talking for years and years because going back to the elements you were talking about with social media and um, how you see, in essence, social media, for the most part, is a compilation of everything negative about the human it can't, condition. It can be. The people at the helm are driving that. But this is part of what I'm wondering about. The, the individual who sent out a sexy photo, in essence, and it's received by someone, and they're grateful for it. They're jazzed. They're jacked. We don't hear about that story. We hear the story where someone is shocked by it and goes, hey, wait a minute, you just, you know, that's so, so what happens 
is in our evolutionary thought process, that's the story we're hearing, so that's the, now the energy we're associating to that action. And I think sexuality is a really strong energy in the human condition that we barely, you know, talk about fear and, um, and politically and religiously, you know, that sexual energy has really been bound. You don't generally hear about it because when it's, when it's consensual, it fits. And when it's not, it doesn't fit. Maybe that's part of this evolutionary process. One of it the is. best teachers I had was an acting coach. And the first day, I'll never forget this, she said, I may seem like a bitch to you all, because the things you're doing right, I'm not going to talk about. I'm here to teach you about the things you're not doing right. So that's what I'm going to be talking about all the time. I thought, that's brilliant. That's one way of instruction, yeah. Yeah, and then for me at the time, it was perfect. Because what I'm doing right, I don't need, you know, I need, I wanted to learn my craft. And like you're saying, maybe that's why we're hearing the negative. Because what is working, I don't know, this gets whacked real quick in my mind. It does. Mind. It does. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the joys and wonders of living in a, in a, a complex reality. Um, the fact that you're able to even perceive the fact that there are, uh, that we are in a complex environment is you're already 10 steps ahead. You know, because a lot of the people who are having the conversation about the, 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 the dick pic phenomenon are people who are having the binary conversation about it. This is wrong. This is right. Because they don't have the mental understanding to be able to dig deeper and say, well, is there, is, am I projecting myself, my wants? onto this other person assumption that that person wants that am I is my culture one such that as I am a, uh, I am supposed to be dominant I am supposed to be or have I been taught that I'm supposed to be dominant so I'm supposed to be taking control of the situation because I'm a big man kind of thing is it that um, I just think you're going to like it you know those are all assumptions that we're making about reality that um and then the fact that, you know, the, the Internet's anonymous. It can be anonymous. So when you're sending this stuff off, it doesn't matter. It's, there, there's less, and the, the distance makes the impact less for that individual. So you can assume all you want until you get your target where it fits. Um, it's kind of like shooting at a, at a dartboard with a shotgun. Maybe one ball is going to hit the middle, but the rest of it's going to be spread all over the place. So it's like hypothesis, hypothesis, hypothesis. Bam! Here's a hit. I can focus in on this one. You lost me a little bit. Because are you... Are you saying that human action and evolutionary process in essence is a shotgun process and the actions that will sustain are the ones that are 
healthy within an environmental situation. Yeah, yeah. You're. I mean, like I said, it, it goes all the way to the top. So, I mean, my subconscious right now is stringing together crazy shit, crazy symbols right now. But my executive center is only letting certain things out. All right, so let's go back to a question I asked earlier. Does all that stop, like, when your body passes away, including the brain, does that process stop? Um, as we know it, yeah. This is, so, I, this is what I what I say to my brother Mason. Oops, I don't know if I'm supposed to. Ah, you can do whatever you want. What I say, what I say to people is <laughs> is um, now I have to shoot you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rewind. Uh, no, generally what I say is that the 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 infinite and the eternal and is so unexplainable by us I can use hypothesis to know, to know that things are moving through you know, moving through the stack and things that I say or things that I do will hold on in some way um, but uh, I'm just going to be recycled so I can do this again uh, my pattern, this pattern that I have right here may exist on another tree may exist on another tree three billion years from now in some other universe. Um, this conversation might still be going, might be going on in other places. Who knows? You know, it, it's, there, there is a, uh, there is a, a, continu a, a continuance of everything and just what I'm experiencing now, whatever, you know, what, what I is, is this thing being influenced and trying to influence. Um, locally, I feel like I'm going to die. Universally, that's a bunch of bullshit. Because, remember when I pointed at those two trees out there? Two of those leaves could be pretty identical. They might be slightly different, but those two leaves are per persisting. And if I, as an individual, am persisting in some other branch, on some other tree, in some other universe... Wham, I just come back in and I'm recycled again, over and over and over again, because that's what it's all about, is grinding this stone down until we help the entire thing reach its highest potential. And you hold that, and you hold the statement, and its highest potential will never be reached. That's right. Because it's an eternal process. That's right. So, based on, based on what I just said right there, what is the highest potential to you? Peace with the process. Bam! Ha, 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 ha! It should be right there. <laughs> That's it. All right, we're done. Welcome. You're serving the construction, a construction that never ends. And really, that's all you need to do is just be okay with it. You know, just... Be all right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to be back. Over and over and over <laughs> no. again. But the thing is, is it's like that, that pattern, that potential that you, that you are in right now is something that worked. And it's going to keep on going and going and going until the you that used to be 
you know, maybe hundreds and hundreds of, of your generation ago, that pattern of reality and, and, and matter that existed will leave the hell of thought that it was in through all that time. So when we talk about fellow travelers in the circles that you and I run in, there are real fellow travelers in that lodge. <laughs> and there are guys who have no freaking idea about what they are, why they're here. And that those are, they're not lesser. They're just not as far down the path. But they're there to learn it. They might get influenced by it. They might be there thinking because, hey, you know, I just like hanging out with a bunch of guys. But really, I mean, when you go back and read your stuff, this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about. It's being okay and centered. It's being so that you're, you're I don't want to say it on camera, but your emotional state and your capacity to drink large amounts of alcohol does not take the shearing force of reality shaping you into what you need to be in your highest potential or rise in the stack doesn't push you off path from that. So you got this and you got this. That's why I love the first degree so much. Because <laughs> it, it gives you the answer right away. And then the rest of it, the, you know, the rest of it is all about uh, the, the, what you need to learn. Gives you a foundation of what you need to learn to be able to start walking down the path. And then what you learn is that that thing that you learn in the first degree just always keeps on going and 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 going and, going and, going and you better be okay with it. <laughs> and it goes a lot deeper than that. But I mean, it's the, 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 we've known... We've known this for a very, very long time, but the for reasons of fear or hurt or whatever, all the things that I talked about before, these things were burned, locked away, presented to people in symbols. I say, you know, I love the, I love uh, for a while. I went through all the world symbolism and found all of the uh, top down and bottom up. You know, the evolution and the control. Found all symbolism. of the all of the symbols out there. I'm wearing one around my neck right now. You know, the Archangel Michael standing over the devil. Control. Chaos. Where it happens in the middle of that is magic. Is where reality just spews out. Or, um... Is Kali one? Quetzalcoatl. It's the bird that's eating the lizard. Okay. You know, or, um... The Yin Yang. There's another one of them. Think Star David? Yes, Star David. Another one of them. Um, there's uh, there's ancient Japanese ones of a, of a I can't remember his name, but there's a, a man riding a serpent through the water. No land to be seen. Just this man standing peacefully on top on top of this dragon, sea dragon, going through reality. You know, it's like this is something that we've known for a long time, but it's taken science to winnow that down into the definitions that uh, you need to be an expert to understand some of them. Okay, so... I I know when to stop now, because you start... (laughs) So... (laughs) So transparent. Yeah. um, Yeah. Being observant really helps. Are you saying, then, that 
the essence of the individual on the sea serpent cutting through the waters is now cognitively understood and put into programming. You know what? Right, not completely, probably, because like you, you, you know, going back, it seems like when that happens, when that moment happens, that's going to be the birth of artificial intelligence. We are closer than we ever have been. I, I really, truly believe that. Do you think it's possible that it'll always be in that state? It'll always be the process of one divided by three and never achieving the... Well, you can. Well, here's the thing, okay? You can be the richest man in the world and still not be okay with the process. Yeah. You know, you can be... You can be the poorest person in the world and be okay with the process. And you're just happy. You know? So it's like part of the answer or part of my answer for that is yes. And part of my answer for that is no. You know? It's like, that's why I keep on saying in the conversation what it means to me. What it means to you. You know, I, I do fundamentally feel that when you're okay with the system, Okay. It's not like you have to... No, don't get me wrong, okay? I, I also believe that these new processes are going to give rise to... When they we start taking these ideas and we have started doing this, like bioremediation. Um, an example of what bioremediation is, is you take a, you take a, a Petri dish of bugs, of, of uh, viruses or bacteria that you have bred in the lab that are all different, and then you go out to a mine. My uncle does this for a living. You go out to a mine and you dump those into toxic waste and you see which one of them survives and eats the toxic waste. You take those back and you grow them. You don't know why, how it happens. You just know that if you, if you multiply that bug, it will feed on the, on the toxic waste in this mine and it will make the water clear and clean, as clean as you want it. When those methods start being moved into things like physics, you want a warp drive? Stop trying to, you, you know how it works. Now start using your understanding of creating the environment to create a warp bubble instead of trying to force the warp bubble into existence. You want to you wanna do, <laughs> you want to do, you want to build an apple out of, out of thin air? You know, the programming that you need isn't necessarily, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking way out there right I'm now. I'm getting you, I'm hearing it. The, the, the program that you need isn't necessarily a, I'm going to put an apple together atom by atom. It's let's squish the environment and just dump in some slurry of a bunch of different kinds of atoms that would make up an apple and have it self-assemble. Because the environmental constraints are right, not because I'm forcing an apple into existence. Right. Or what I was saying about aging. It's like the... the um, there's biotechnology coming with CRISPR and some of the implications of that are the fact that we're going to be able to manipulate our aging, you know? And it's like, do I really want a bunch of crazy uh, and Randian people running around with immortality? We'll be living in dystopia for the rest of our lives. You know, that Ayn Rand kind of thinking, that selfishness. Kind of thing. I didn't read her. Oh, you know, just don't bother. (laughs) She's very popular. She is very popular, but she's very popular because the people who who have a tendency to be selfish see that as it's okay to be selfish or super individualized. Um, It 
it, it, it's just not biologically plausible. And when you take something non-biologically plausible and you force it on reality like those types of people do, it causes a lot of death and destruction. Game theory, all that fun stuff. I can't wait for that to die off. Ah, I really just what can't is wait. game theory? Oh, game theory is just like, you know, uh, the, the, the game theory of economics is that every single person, every model that's created about the economy, simplification. I mean, there's a, there's a real simplification. I read about it. If I'm not, the, I'm not the, the, the bastion of truth here on this, but a real simplification of this is that every human being and the foundation of every, every economics model that's come out of since the 50s that's come out of the, the halls of the economy are that every single person walking around on this planet is a rational agent. That they work on the level of rationality. That when they walk into the store, they are not swayed by emotion at all. That they measure everything and they pick absolutely everything so that the, the organizations that are out there are in competition with the people who are buying for them to get their rationality to go in the direction that they want it to go in. How fucking crazy is that? Excuse me. That's all right. Isn't that crazy? But but I do have to say that it kept us alive during the Cold War. It's just... <laughs> I, it's, it, it does have its good points. Don't get me wrong. It's just the tools applied to wrong parts. I really can talk forever because what you just brought up, though, the psychology is an absolute part of marketing. Surely. So it yeah. isn't... And I wouldn't say that if you're dealing with psychology, you're not dealing with strict logic no you're allowing for logic is just a part of psychology right right it's not the end all be all right I'm, I'm, very, I'm also very happy that the you know for a while um, the psychology the psychology people uh, were suffering from what's known as physics envy because they couldn't measure some stuff and because of that the physicists said that your science is bullshit because you're not, you don't have truly measurable, in some degree. I mean, you know, psychology can't measure. Don't get me wrong. Um, but now the psychiatry, the, the, psych, the psych, psychology is almost vindicated in a way that they're able to say, yes, finally, you know, I don't need to. Now, now, now we're at a point because of these new models that are coming out where the physicists are looking over at the psychologists and saying, I got envy of you. Because I don't know, I, I can't do what you do. So are you telling me that today programming exists, computer processes exist, for lack of a better word, illogical comes up? Yeah, they're artificial subconsciouses is, is really what's going to blow this thing wide open, is when somebody builds a true understanding machine. And that is based on having. Uh, I'll quote. I'll quote my friend. Uh, I'll quote my friend again. All these logical systems are castles in the air because there's nothing that. Right. There's nothing that talks to them. And but as soon as you have this part of it, that's when you have a true understanding system. You have a true. Uh, you have a system that has a subconscious. Um, and you have a you have that complexity necessary built to be able to generate things. All right. So um, I understand variables and elements in programming where you can, like a tree, you can program something that 
recreates and recreates and branches out into so it starts when it gets out here it's in realms that were never consciously thought of that it would end up there and you're saying that the programmer can do that also below consciousness in essence where now there is programmed growth that's happening in depth that is unmeasured can't be measured some would argue that you can measure it but I, I truly believe that it's going to be the, the the system that's going to win this race is the one that has the only math that it has in it or the only definition that it has in it is A what is the order of operations of learning and B um I'm going to test your knowledge with math. And if you score 10 times right on question two, I think you got it. But that, that kind of, uh, that, that, the math that's counting the number of times that is correct, not truly sure how that helps build the tree other than having downward causation to tell the system it's wrong and have it re retrie the information and where's the right wrong coming from and this like so let me bring this up because I'm like this I'm fascinated by my 10 year old daughter had a conversation with me, me. <laughs> about she was talking about A plus B if A equals B and B equals C then A what she said is A doesn't equal C every single time and then she talked to me about rectangles and a square is a rectangle. So if A is a square and B is a rectangle, they're equal. If B is a rectangle and C is a rectangle, they're equal. But A and C are not equal. If, if B and C have two sides that are um, not the same as the other two sides. That is the perfect, perfect illustration about how models can break down. I'm going to use that. That is a great. No, that really is. Yes. I mean, I mean, at the you know, at the when the when the formulas are, are this long, the same kind of things screw them up. Right. These these variables that aren't accounted for, because you can't account for everything. Sorry, accountants, you can't. You can't ascribe value to absolutely everything, um, but yeah, that's the, that's the point. Is that the, it's the um, the subconscious is able to handle because it's so complex. It's able to handle the inherent paradoxes and things. And you're saying that one day there will be a human program that has that subconscious. I believe it to be true. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I do believe it to be true. It's inevitable. Really? Intelligence is inevitable in this system. We're here. It's happening. It happens in other places too. It's just that it, in this in this fact, creation isn't coming from the evolutionary. Well, it is coming from the evolutionary model, but it's a human will that's behind wanting to recreate the creation model somewhere else.
in another stack. Because the stack doesn't just go up in outer space, it also goes into our computers. Is there anything else that you'd like to talk about or bring up? I want more tea. For you, it's a beautiful Not me. It's a beautiful It's a beautiful It's a beautiful